0: The Australian Frequent Flyer podcast is boarding. Step on board for the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Your captain, Matt Graham, now invites you to sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. G'day and welcome to episode 93 of AFF On Air. It's the 17th of September 2022. If you want to use your points to book an international business or first class flight, often the hardest part is just finding award availability. But if you have American Express membership rewards points, there's a great trick that can give you access to award seats across more than 30 different frequent flyer programs. Plus, until the end of this month, you can even get 50% bonus points when using this method. Later in the episode, I'll be joined by Chris Chamberlain from Point Hacks, who'll explain how transferring American Express membership rewards points to Marriott Bonvoy could be an excellent deal. We'll also talk about some of the best frequent flyer program award chart sweet spots available to Australians. And coming up as well, it's that time of year again when airlines start to release their early bird sales for international travel next year. And there are some great deals available now on paid airfares to Europe in economy, premium economy and business class. But first, let's begin with a roundup of the latest Australian airline travel and loyalty program news from the past fortnight. And Virgin Australia has launched a new status match promotion, which it's cheekily calling Switcheroo. Although it's aimed blatantly at Qantas frequent flyer members, anyone who holds status with another airline that does not partner with Virgin Australia can now apply for a switcheroo discover gold trial until the 26th of September and then receive three months of trial velocity gold status. Those currently holding the equivalent of gold status with another airline can then extend their Virgin Australia gold status after the trial for a further year by earning at least 80 status credits and flying at least one eligible velocity sector on a Virgin Australia flight during the three-month trial period. But those currently holding the equivalent of Platinum status or higher with another airline can instead upgrade to Platinum velocity status, the highest tier, by earning at least 200 status credits from Virgin Australia flights during their three-month trial. There's more details about how to apply on australianfrequentfly.com.au or you can have a look at the Velocity Frequent Fly website as well. The status match was launched just a week after Virgin Australia commenced a new partnership with Doha-based Qatar Airways. Virgin Australia is now code sharing on Qatar Airways flights, and Velocity members can now earn points, redeem points, and earn status credits with Qatar Airways. Velocity Gold and Platinum members also have access to lounges, priority boarding, and priority baggage when flying on Qatar, but it does seem like there are a few teething issues when it comes to seat selection. At this stage, Velocity Frequent Flyer members now have access as well to a lot more reward seats on Qatar Airways flights than Qantas Frequent Flyer members. Qantas and Qatar Airways are, of course, partners through the One World Alliance. Qatar Airways is not making any business or first-class award seats available to Qantas members beyond the 15th of November this year, and economy seats on Qatar Airways are now only available to book using Qantas points up to 249 days in advance. With most frequent flyer programs, you can book any Qatar Airways seat that's available in economy, business or first-class up to 360 days in advance, and with Velocity you can book up to 330 days in advance. Plus, with Qatar Airways about to upgrade its Perth to Doha route to an A380 with first class, there's now up to two first class reward seats available per flight on this route to book using velocity points, but again not with Qantas points. United Airlines, another new velocity partner, will increase its flying schedule to Australia from late next month. From the end of October, United will resume regular flights between Melbourne and Los Angeles, as well as from Sydney to Houston, and this is the same time as the previously announced Brisbane to San Francisco route will launch. Melbourne to San Francisco will also go daily from late October with United. Meanwhile, Qantas has recently delayed the planned restart date of its Sydney-to-San Francisco flights yet again, with the tentative restart date for QF73 and QF74 between Sydney and San Francisco now pushed back to the 27th of March next year. And by the way, Air New Zealand's inaugural Auckland-to-New York flight departs today. Virgin Australia will restore in-flight Wi-Fi on its domestic flights from the end of this year with high-speed internet to be rolled out across most of the airline's fleet over the next 18 months. When it returns, Virgin's default in-flight Wi-Fi will be faster and it will be available for free to business class passengers and Platinum Frequent Flyers. The service will be available to other passengers in economy for a nominal fee. Wi-Fi will be gradually rolled out in partnership with Intelsat with the first Virgin 737 to be retrofitted before Christmas, and the remainder of the fleet to be finished by the first half of 2024. The Virgin Australia Entertainment app is also being phased out, with passengers now able to stream entertainment to their own device without needing to go through the app. Cathay is offering 10-15% bonus Asia miles when transferring points from a credit card rewards program to Cathay, by the 12th of November this year. The higher bonus applies to transfers of 30,000 miles or more, and if you transfer at least 30,000 miles to Asia Miles by that date, any miles that you earn prior to 2020 will also be renewed and they won't expire. The New Zealand government has dropped its requirements for international visitors to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination, and to complete two rapid antigen tests after arriving in the country. International arrivals still need to complete a New Zealand Traveller Declaration form before flying, and they'll be given free rapid antigen tests at the border when arriving in New Zealand, but taking these tests and reporting the result is now optional. It comes as New Zealand drops most of its remaining domestic COVID restrictions. Velocity Frequent Flyer has launched a new partnership with Maya, Velocity members can already earn two Velocity Points per dollar spent with Maya online through the Velocity eStore, but it's now also possible to redeem Velocity Points when shopping online with Maya, just as you can spend Combank Awards points with the department store. You would need to spend at least 3,000 Velocity Points per transaction, and you'll get just just over half a cent per point worth of value. And the United States Department of Transportation has proposed updated legislation that would require airlines to offer refunds for significant changes, which include aircraft-type changes resulting in a downgrade in the available amenities and onboard experience. The U.S. government already requires airlines to offer customers a refund if there's a significant change and the customer does not accept any of the alternatives provided – And that rule applies to US airlines as well as flights on other airlines that are to or from the United States. But until now, the DOT has not specified what uh, constitutes a significant change. And that's given Airways leeway to deny refunds, for example, if they rebook a customer on another flight that leaves many hours later or has extra stops. Under the proposed new rule, a significant change that would entitle passengers to a refund would be changes to the arrival or departure time by more than three hours for domestic flights or more than six hours for an international flight, a change to the departure or arrival airport changes that increase the number of connections in the itinerary, and as mentioned before, changes to the type of aircraft flown if it causes a significant downgrade in the air travel experience or amenities available on board the flight. And those are the exact words of the DOT proposal. If the rule is implemented, it could entitle passengers to a refund if they booked, for example, a business or first-class ticket on a wide-body aircraft with lie-flat seating, but then ended up on a narrow-body plane with just a recliner seat. That's what's making news on australianfrequentflyer.com.au this fortnight. You can stay up to date between podcasts by subscribing to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette to get the latest Frequent Flyer news straight to your inbox for free every Monday and Thursday morning. Well, it's that time of year again when airlines normally start to release their early bird sale fares for international travel in the following year. The traditional early bird sales that normally take place in September and October are something that we didn't really see over the last few years for obvious reasons, but they're back now and airlines including Singapore Airlines and Lufthansa are offering some great deals on flights to Europe and Asia. Vietnam Airlines as well now has some great premium economy and business class fares available from Australia to Europe via Vietnam. Although these seem to be new year-round airfares rather than a specific early bird sale in the case of Vietnam Airlines. And for example, with Vietnam Airlines, you could fly from Sydney to Frankfurt in premium economy from just 1828 Australian dollars round trip, which is actually less or about the same as what Qantas is charging for economy class. That Vietnam Airlines fare comes with a short two and a half hour layover in Hanoi on the outbound journey, but unfortunately a long layover is required in Ho Chi Minh City on the way back. Vietnam Airlines also flies from Melbourne as well as Sydney, and in Europe it serves Frankfurt, Paris and London. Now, the Singapore Airlines premium economy sale fares aren't quite as good in terms of price, but the connections with Singapore Airlines are better, and those prices are still very, very reasonable compared to some of the long-haul airfares we've seen lately out of Australia. If you want to fly between the 5th of January and the 5th of September next year, you can book the Singapore Airlines early bird specials until the end of this month, or longer if the offer happens to be extended. And to give you some examples of the kinds of prices available, uh, Sydney to Barcelona in economy class is available from $1,183 return. Sydney to Barcelona in premium economy on Singapore Airlines is available for 2753 return. Melbourne to Milan round trip is $2,836 return in premium economy. And interestingly, Melbourne to New York in Singapore Airlines premium economy via Singapore is available from $2,819, which is a very good price. There's also business class sale fares. For example, Perth to Zurich is available from $5,525 round trip in business class. The Lufthansa Group, as well, as I mentioned, is running an early bird sale to Europe for travel up until the 5th of September next year, as well, with very reasonable economy airfares and similar pricing on premium economy and business class to the Singapore Airlines deals when booking up until the 30th of September. So keep an eye out over the coming weeks as more airlines are likely to launch their own early bird sales. And if you're thinking about travelling overseas next year, it might now be a good time to start thinking about exactly when and where you would like to go so that you're ready to book if you do see a good deal. Want to learn how to maximise the value in frequent flyer programmes? If you're new to the Frequent Flyer points game, or perhaps you'd like to perfect your travel hacking strategy, you may be interested in the Frequent Flyer training program offered by our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions. The Frequent Flyer Solutions training consists of 10 easy-to-follow online courses, with topics including credit cards, earning, buying and redeeming points, airline status, hotel and supermarket loyalty programs, and how to find cheap flights. If you don't have hours to sift through online forums, the training explains clearly all of the tricks and strategies you need to know to make the most of your Frequent Flyer points and loyalty programs. For more information, visit frequentflyer.com.au. American Express membership rewards points are one of the most useful points currencies in Australia because you have the option to transfer the points that you've earned from your American Express credit card over to nine or even ten different airline frequent flyer programs, depending on which card you have, plus two hotel loyalty programs. But did you know that there's also a trick to transfer your American Express membership rewards points Indirectly to around 30 more frequent flyer programs, which aren't otherwise normally available to Australians. And that gives you access to award seats on even more airlines, which aren't normally accessible. Plus, until the end of September, you can even get 50% bonus points when using this method. The trick is to transfer your Amex points to the Marriott Bonvoy Hotel Loyalty Programme. And then to transfer them onto one of the many frequent flyer programs that partner with Marriott. And to explain how this all works, I'm joined now by Chris Chamberlain from Point Hacks. Welcome to the AFF on Air podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you on. And you you wrote about this on Point Hacks last month, and um, it was a very excellent article. Thank Um, you. Yeah, just explaining about how this all works and, and how Australians can take advantage of it. And I believe um, this has been an extremely popular promotion for American Express as well. Yeah. So I was I was chatting with someone from Amex last week and they were telling me that if you know, they
1: they never reveal how many card holders they have or anything like that. They always keep that very, very confidential, but they they let me share that uh, In the month of August this year, which is when that promotion started, they've had more points transferred to Marriott Bonvoy than they've seen since January 2017. So in about five and a half years, and that was also January 2017 was under the old... Uh, transfer rate as well before they changed it to 3 to 2 because it used to be SPG Mm. um, and you used to be able to um, you know earn points that way and it was it was really quite good so I can understand why that might have become less popular lately but with the 50% bonus they've got that makes the transfer rate effectively one-to-one from American Express uh, yeah there's been a real surge in people sending points to Marriott because from there. You can send them on to, as you said, about 30 or so frequent flyer programs that you can't normally get to from Amex in Australia. And there are some amazing things you can do with those miles that, you know, while Aussies are off trying to spend their Qantas points, Velocity points, maybe Chris flyer miles. You might transfer them to Delta or Air Canada or American Airlines or British Airways and have access to award seats that you can't normally book or perhaps can't book for as few points. You might be able to book the same flight, but it would cost you a lot more if you're starting your points with, with Amex. So it's it's a very good hack. It's a very short-time promotion. It does end at the end of September, so you do have to be quick. Uh, and it's very complicated, but if you can make the numbers work, um, there are some amazing things we can do.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not for newbies. We'll, we'll say that to, mm. to start out the conversation. But if you if you know a little bit about how this works and, and you want to get some good value for your American Express membership rewards points, uh, stick around because, yeah, we're, we're going to have a chat about how this works and and how to, I guess, get the most benefit out of it. So for people, first of all, who might not be familiar with American Express Membership Rewards, what can you do with your American Express points?
1: So Membership Rewards is the American Express's own loyalty program. So if you don't have a card that directly earns Qantas points or Velocity points with Amex, chances are you have Membership Rewards points, which you can convert manually to Velocity and you can send them to a range of international other, other international airline programs. You've got Chris Fly, which is always very popular. You have what was Cathay Pacific Asia Miles, which is now just called Cathay. Uh, you've got Virgin Atlantic Flying Club, which does have some good, um, sweet spots. And you've got another, a range of other partners that perhaps are a little bit more niche. You've got Emirates and Etihad. You've got then Thai. I mean, you probably aren't transferring your Amex points to Air New Zealand, just the way that the Airpoints program works. No. But No, it's uh, and if you have a Platinum card or a Centurion card, you can also convert directly into Qantas points as well. Um, you've got other partners like Malaysia Airlines, but again, uh, uh, there changes in their program in the last few years. It's probably not that competitive for uh, transferring points from a credit card. And to round things out, you've got Hilton Honours as well. But again, the, the conversion rates these days don't normally make some of those other partners too attractive. But with the normal three to two conversion to Marriott Bonvoy, and then with the 50% bonus that really makes it one to one, there is some really
0: good value to be had while that promotion's running. Yeah, so the 50% bonus basically makes it a one-to-one transfer rate instead of three-to-two up until the end of September. What can you actually do with Marriott Bonvoy points? So with with Marriott, I mean, you can, of course,
1: use them for hotel accommodation. And the number of points per night is really going to depend on where you're staying. It's That's the sort of thing you've really got to run some numbers on to see if it makes sense. And chances are you're probably better off sending them to frequent flyer points. But on on the frequent flyer side, what happens with Marriott is they convert to their partners at a 3 to 1 rate for the most part. Now what happens then is, so if you had, say, uh, 300,000 Marriott points, of course there is a cap of 240,000 per day. But just to use a big round number, if you had 300,000 Marriott points, that's equivalent to 100,000 airline miles Then for every 60,000 Marriott points you convert, you get a 5,000 mile bonus and if you convert to United, you get a 10% bonus on the base amount as well. So long, there are a lot of numbers involved here. And as we said, this is very,
0: very complicated. Okay, so let's take a step back. Mm. So you, you said if you transfer 60,000 Marriott Bonvoy points to an airline, you get a 5,000 bonus. So mm. so that works, I guess, if you transfer 60,000 points, you get 20,000 at the 3-to-1 transfer rate, and then you get 5,000 bonus airline miles. Yes, so 5,000 airline so miles. So 25% bonus. Yes. So you get 25,000 airline miles for every 60,000 Marriott that you transfer yes that's right and until the end of the month it's one to one when you transfer from Amex to Marriott Mm. so Amex and Marriott points in that in that sense are effectively
1: equal so if we're talking about 300,000 Marriott points while that promotion's running that's the same as 300,000
0: American Express membership rewards points in Australia okay so quite a lot of numbers and then yeah as as you say then United you get an extra 10% bonus and Air New Zealand has a different um, transfer rate just because of how its program's set up where AirPoint's dollars are worth literally one dollar Um, So it's a bit of a different um, valuation on their currency. And so then, yeah, you can transfer your points um, with the 50% bonus till the end of the month. Are there other ways other than transferring from American Express membership awards to obtain Marriott Bonvoy points in Australia? I mean, you can convert from Commonwealth Bank awards, but the
1: the conversion rate's worse than some of the frequent flyer partners. So it's probably not something that you would do in that instance. But I mean, you can also buy Marriott Bonvoy points. They're generally charged $12.50 US per thousand points which means you've got to buy three thousand marriott points if you want one thousand airline miles sometimes you can pick them up with a bit of a bonus maybe 25 percent that we've seen recently but the the standard rate is uh for those you know buying one thousand miles but if you you stay at marriott hotels and um you know other, other properties like ritz carlton and that sort of thing you can earn uh marriott bonvoy points on those stays as well which you can convert in the same in the same way yeah, I guess it
0: is, a, of course, a hotel loyalty program, so staying at any of their, their hotels, of course, is also a way to, to earn those points. So that's how it works in a nutshell, but why is this valuable to Australians? Um, do you have some perhaps an example of a specific usage case where it would make more sense to transfer your American Express points to Marriott and then onto a third program instead of transferring, for example, from American Express directly to Velocity or to the Singapore Airlines KrisFlyer program? Yeah, so there was an example
1: in my in the story I published recently, which was for booking Asiana from Sydney to Seoul in business class. And so Asiana is a Star Alliance airline, which means you can book with Singapore KrisFlyer miles. And since KrisFlyer uh, made changes to its program. That redemption now costs 104,000 KrisFlyer Miles one way to book with Asiana. But if you book that same flight through United, they're currently charging 60,500 points. And so when you consider that um, the amount of KrisFlyer Miles that you would get from Amex transferring directly at the normal two to one rate versus the amount of points you get in United by using this promotion, you actually save a pretty significant chunk of miles, especially on a return trip, especially if you've got a partner in tow. So you're really booking four of these one-way tickets or or two returns so you it it, there are a lot of little shines of um, of glory that you can find as to how you can spend your points it doesn't always make sense some of the other programs might have higher rates but i mean another one we were just looking at before was if you have delta sky miles which is another option uh, that you can send out of marriott you could book for instance vietnam airlines to europe in business class for ninety thousand. Delta miles, And the great thing about Vietnam Airlines is we were looking at the, the charts and the availability. You can get flights nearly every day, even at peak time. We're looking, say, Sydney to Frankfurt via Vietnam. You can get flights every day of the week. Try doing that with Qantas points. Try doing that um, on Singapore Airlines if you don't have CRISPR miles. And you would be really hard pressed to find maybe even one business class seat at the peak
0: European summer. Yeah, we even found seats around Christmas time and in the first week of the July school holidays next year, when pretty much every man and his dog in Australia is trying to travel to Europe in business class. Mm. Um, there's pretty much two business class seats per flight. I think the taxes were 93 US dollars all That's the way right. from yeah. Sydney to Frankfurt. Yeah, one way, less than 100 US. So yeah.
1: it's, it's phenomenal because there aren't any fuel surcharges on those flights. You're literally just paying the
0: airport tax. So, for people who might not be uh, familiar with the Marriott Bonvoy program, so you can transfer your Marriott points out to United or Delta Sky Miles, as two examples. But in total, there are over 30 and around 30 that are not otherwise normally available when you've got just just regular American Express membership rewards points. So do you want to just run through what the other options are, Chris, to transfer your Marriott points out
1: to? Yeah, so if you're you're trying to get points into a one-world program, you can send them into the frequent flyer programs of Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, which is American Advantage, British Airways, Iberia, Japan Airlines, Qatar Airways, and as an extra one, you can also transfer to Qantas Frequent Flyer, which you can do from Amex if you have a Platinum or Centurion card in Ascent Premium. But if you have something like the American Express Explorer card, you can't normally convert directly to Qantas. So that's an option to get uh, your points from those cards into QFF if you have a particular reason for wanting to do that. I mean, uh, if you're looking at the other alliances for Star Alliance, this little hack unlocks the ability to earn miles with Aegean, with Air Canada, ANA, Asiana, Avianca, with COPA, with TAP Air Portugal, with Turkish Airlines, and as we mentioned, United, where there's a 10% boost. So the conversion rate is 3 equals 1.1 instead of 3 to 1. Over on SkyTeam, we've also got Aeromexico, Air France, which is Air France KLM Flying Blue, We've got Delta, Korean, and Saudia, and as a there are a bunch of other programs you can send them to as well. We're not done. There's Air Lingus, there's Frontier, which is a US airline. There's Hainan, which is a Velocity partner, although a lot of that partnership is currently paused. There's Hawaiian Airlines, which has better availability to its own members on Sydney-Honolulu flights. There's Intermiles, which is now more of a shopping program, but it's that's still a transferable. That's, that's the old program from Jet Airways, isn't it? Yeah, the it's still... The Indian airline that went bankrupt mm, a few years they're ago. They're still hanging around, so you can still send your miles there. Or you can sort of just shop with them. I don't think you can really... Well, guys, if, if, your if you're miles. listening to this podcast, don't send you a Marriott points to Intermiles. <laughs> 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 you could also convert them to LATAM, which is no longer a, a One World member these days. Um, and you've got Southwest, and you have Vueling as well, so... These are all the airlines that you can transfer points directly into from Marriott that you otherwise can't get to from Amex membership awards in Australia. So Marriott also has, you know, the popular programs like the Chris Fly, the Asia Miles. But for the, for the purposes of this hack, if you, ha- if you want those miles, you're better off transferring directly from American Express as you normally would. But this, this Marriott hack is a way of getting those miles into these other programs that you can't normally access with Australian credit card points or at least you can't get to very easily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so we talked about um, Delta as an example and United. Um, Are there any other, because Delta SkyMiles is particularly interesting and also the other SkyTeam programs, like there's Aeromexico, there's the Flying Blue program, Korean Air SkyPass. Korean Air actually has quite a good program, Um, although I believe they are developing their award charts next year. And there's a few quirks there, I think, with having to book round trips and things like that, and Saudi as well. Those are SkyTeam airlines, and that's, particularly interesting because there are quite a few sky team airlines that do fly into australia and like we talked about with vietnam airlines there's often very good award availability in business class and sometimes even first class and because most australians use Qantas points or velocity points or, or singapore airlines KrisFly fly miles you've got all those options with one world airlines through Qantas, through sky, uh, star alliance airlines through singapore airlines and then uh, virgin australia's partners but you have these other these other partners where there's no real way to easily earn points in Australia to redeem for those seats. And so most of those seats just go begging. And so if you're looking to travel, particularly, you know, long haul business class with more than one person at a peak time, it's very unlikely or going to be very difficult to, to find a good option using Qantas points, for example, because, you know, you're competing with all the other millions of Australians who have Qantas points. But if you can, if you can find a way to earn uh, earn points with a with a, a SkyTeam airline or with a, a you know through this hack you know transfer them into a program which is part of the SkyTeam alliance. It opens up all of these other options. So that that's really excellent. Um, is there any other um, example um, of a good use of Delta Sky Miles? Yeah, so
1: I mean I really love using Delta Miles for US domestic flights,
0: which you used to on Delta be had to book
1: with Velocity points. It started at seven thousand eight hundred Velocity points. Now that's that's no more, but. Uh, Of course, you can still book Delta using its own SkyMiles. And if you get in far enough in advance on a flight that's not too popular, you can get a one-way U.S. domestic flight for just 5,000 Delta miles, plus it's about $5.60 U.S. in tax. Now, that doesn't include a check bag unless you have status, but that's still a flight from... A to B on Delta and you can get those really good rates on some of the other Sky Team partners. So if you want a Korean domestic flight from Seoul to one of the other domestic ports, it's also only about five thousand miles. I've seen some really good redemption rates on KLM within Europe also from just five thousand Delta miles. So if if you're happy to fly economy, and to be honest, I'm quite happy on a on a very short flight. Um if I'm saving hundred dollars in cash and all I need five thousand miles and five dollars. I'm quite happy with that redemption but Yeah, u s domestic flights can be quite expensive when paying cash they really are they're re- they're insane at the moment and the conversion rate also from u s dollars to aussie doesn't help things. At all, so that for me, that's a big money saver. And, um, you know, sometimes you you won't always get the 5,000 mile flight, but even if you can get it for 10 or 12, and it's a route that would have otherwise cost you three, four, five hundred dollars Aussie, which Mm. is not uncommon at the moment. Um, I had some US domestic flights a couple of months ago, and they were in that sort of ballpark to be able to book them for so few miles, Mm. um, especially. You know, to, to be able to do 5,000 miles on a flight is just almost insane. But it's, it, I really love those redemptions. But, I mean, the, the long-haul business is still where it's at when you're, yeah. <laughs> when you're doing these these transfers.
0: Yeah. So an, another example is with the American Airlines Advantage program. I mean, American. some people in Australia actually will buy American Airlines mm. miles because they're such good value, um, particularly for domestic flights in mm. Australia.
1: That's right. So if you can spend 20,000 American miles... And that can get you from anywhere in Australia to anywhere else in Australia. So if you are up in Broome and you want to make your way to Sydney and you want to fly via Perth, you can do that for just twenty thousand miles, and that's in business class. That is in business class. In the economy, I think it's is it ten thousand or twelve and a half thousand or something. Yeah, it's about it's about half. Yeah, um, but we, I mean, if you you know, it's it's around double, and it's only twenty thousand miles to begin with. I mean, I would I would do business class, especially if you can get uh, the Skybed on the Qantas. 330 Well, it's business week these days. Sorry, it's is uh, <laughs> the old terminology, but uh, you sort of get those two business class flights for the price of one, and you're not even really paying the price of one. It's uh, you know that's about I think Qantas charges eighteen thousand Qantas points for a Transcon flight in economy. Yeah. So you're paying twenty thousand American miles to do that same in business class, and you can have connections. So you could also fly Trans Tasman for twenty five. So you could go Perth to Sydney, Sydney to Auckland total spend 25,000 American Airlines miles, it is really
0: good value. Yeah, and then Australia too, the Pacific Islands is 30,000 miles Mm. in business flying Qantas, or also you can fly Fiji Airways, I believe. Mm. That's right. So, um, I mean, you get the best
1: value on these types of tickets if you're including something on our West Coast. Uh, But if you are on the East Coast, it's still, you know, 20,000 miles in business. I mean, Brisbane to Melbourne is 27,600 Qantas points off the top of my head. It's still 20,000 American miles, so you're still getting... ...good value even on a two-hour flight... ...but if you consider you can cross the country for you know, just 20,000 American miles... That is, yeah. I've got to get on that, actually. Once we're off, I need to go
0: make some transfers here, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting how these programs work when they're using uh, region-based award charts instead of distance-based award charts. So a lot of Australians will be familiar with Qantas Frequent Flyer and Velocity Frequent Flyer, where the number of points you need for redemption is based on the distance you're flying. But with American Airlines and with many of the overseas programs as well, it's just one fixed price for anything within a particular region or between, between certain regions based on their award charts. And so... Like Sydney to Canberra in business class is the same number of American Airlines miles as Perth to Brisbane or something. So it's mm. it's it's um it's obviously very good value if you can take advantage of the longer redemptions there. Absolutely. And with Advantage, there's also no fuel or carrier surcharges no, when you're flying on it's, most it's partner very airlines. Very nice. I mean, you still, if you're doing
1: international, you still have to pay the taxes and things, which is about 55 $60 to come and go from Australia. But I mean, yeah, Qantas has some carrier charges that you'll pay on its own tickets, and you can very conveniently avoid those by booking through American. So it's fewer miles, it's less to pay in tax. I mean, why wouldn't you
0: really? That's a, yeah, that's,
1: as I said, I've got some bookings to go, <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> after this chat.
0: Yeah. Um, another overseas program that doesn't pass on any fuel or carrier surcharges on partner airlines is Air Canada Aeroplan. Um, Air Canada is extremely interesting, and um, it's something that I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of in the near future because. Uh, Air Canada is a part of Star Alliance, but they also have partnerships. a lot of partnerships outside of Star Alliance with Virgin Australia, for example, with Etihad, Gulf Air, Oman Air, which is joining One World in a couple of years, and even Air Mauritius.
1: Yeah, I mean, Aeroplan actually has the most airline partners of any frequent flyer program in the world. Wow. So they are the most flexible points that you can have from an airline perspective. And, I mean, Air Mauritius normally flies to Perth. I think they're coming back later this year. Uh, they do Perth to Mauritius. And for that, you can book 60,000 Aeroplan points one way. So you can also book Air Mauritius through That's Emir- in business class. That's in business class again, yeah. yeah. So you can also book Air Mauritius through Emirates Sky Miles—they are a bit harder to earn in Australia. They're not impossible, but harder to earn than Qantas points, I should say. Aeroplan are harder again, but the, again, there's Marriott hack—the um, transfer through Amex makes that possible. So, and uh, if you were to do that return, 120,000 um, Aeroplan points, you only pay about 240 odd dollars in Canadian dollars—that is in taxes and fees. So again. $240 return for a business class flight uh, using points that you've got through a bonus on a transfer is really the icing on the cake for a, a frequent flyer points enthusiast, put it that way.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And with with Air Canada, basically when you redeem on partner airlines, they waive all of the fuel surcharges or carrier surcharges that might apply if you book using a different frequent flyer program, but they do add a $39 partner fee mm. in lieu of that. And considering how much the fuel surcharges can be on some airlines, that's a pretty good deal. Etihad mm. with velocity comes to mind. You can mm. <laughs> being able to book Etihad. Had with Aeroplan with no carrier charges is just $39. uh, It's very nice, yeah. Yeah, and that that applies even if it's all the way to Europe and back, just $39 and and the the genuine taxes. Uh, For domestic Australian flights, we looked at American Airlines Advantage as a good program for longer domestic flights. But for shorter flights, you know, Qantas business class flights within Australia, British Airways Executive Club is another good option, which you can transfer points over from Marriott to.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you can book, I mean, there are some little routes. They sit at the edge of the table. So, I mean, BA, I think, allows up to 650 miles for a one-way flight at the lowest rate. Qantas might be around the 600 mark. So you've got some, some domestic routes that sit right on the edge of that. So you've got Sydney to Hobart, Canberra to Adelaide. And to book those through British Airways Executive Club, it's 12,500 Avios. And so through Qantas, that would be 27,600 uh, Qantas points. I can see Matt's furiously uh, double-checking these rates here. But um, yeah, the, those those domestic flights are of tr- tremendous value. Um, and being able to book them, again, in, in Qantas business class, you've got all your inclusions as well. So if you're flying out of a port that has a Qantas business lounge as opposed to just a Qantas club, you get that nicer lounge access. You, of course, get... The business class seat on the plane. If you're on an A330, you've got the flatbed. Depending on the route, you probably don't see that too often on routes like Canberra to Adelaide, but uh, no. places like uh, Melbourne to Sydney as
0: well. You, you sometimes get the A330 that pops up. So, yeah, no. The reason I was typing away is I just wanted to check the the British Airways award chart. It is um, the lowest rate is six thousand Avios in economy or twelve and a half thousand Avios in business one way for any flight on Qantas or a partner airline up to six hundred and fifty miles for flights and so that includes things things like you know you Canberra at Adelaide or Sydney to Hobart which we just talked about Um, For flights between 651 and 1150 miles, that includes things like Brisbane to Melbourne or even Brisbane to Newmere, interestingly, Mm -hmm. um, that's only 16,500 Abios in business. For um, routes then up to 2,000 miles, it's only a little bit more. But then for some reason for routes over 2,000 miles, there's a huge jump in the number of Abios you need. So this is really only useful for sort of shorter domestic flights up to 2,000 miles. But yeah, for those routes, very, very good value. That's right. So yeah, BA for short flights, AA for longer flights. So keep that keep that in your,
1: your mantra when transferring points.
0: That that's right. And you can even even outside of this promotion, you can also buy AVIOS or buy American Airlines Advantage Miles directly as well. Mm. With with bonuses sometimes. Even if you're not looking to to book one of these sort of really nice redemptions, if you have American Express membership rewards points and perhaps you have a few orphan points sitting in an overseas frequent flyer program where um, you need to maintain activity in your account to stop the points expiring. It can also be worth just transferring a minimum amount into, into one of those programs to stop your points expiring or just to top up points that you have in an overseas program. So with all, with all these options. But even after the 30th of September, once the American Express bonus to, you know, when transferring to Marriott Bonvoy ends, can this still be good value? So the, ideally, if you have points in Amex now, and this
1: is something you want to do, you would transfer them now while you have that bonus. And keeping them in Marriott Bonvoy, you retain that flexibility because you still get that um, that 3-to-1 rate, but that 5,000-mile bonus um, that we talked about, even even when you transfer after the end of September. So what, what we're talking about here is the, the bonus from Amex into Marriott that makes it a one-to-one conversion. So uh, if you are going to convert, absolutely do it now. If you're going to transfer from Amex after that fact, it is not anywhere near as attractive. Um, so, if you with a three to two rate, for instance, if you started with hundred thousand Amex points, you basically get two thirds of that, which is about sixty six thousand Marriott points. You divide by three, it's about twenty two thousand miles. You get a bonus, might be about twenty-seven, and then so you're getting twenty-seven thousand frequent fly points out of hundred thousand Amex points. Whereas normally hundred thousand Amex points is the same as fifty thousand crisp fly miles. So it it goes from being really close to that rate at, at the moment to being maybe half as valuable. So it's it's something to do when the transfer bonus is on. Uh, maybe to keep in your back pocket if you really need to get miles, as as you just said, made into a, a foreign program that you can't otherwise transfer into and just transfer the minimum amount to avoid losing them or having to pay to extend them or what have you. But it's, it's not something I would generally do outside of the bonus because it would really have to make sense. And it, it's rare to find redemption rates about half that that you're finding through these other programs. So even that one I, I talked through with um, uh, you know, Sydney, Seoul, Asiana, the United Redemption is not below half of what you need with Chris Flyer. so you would actually spend more Amex points doing that versus sending them straight to Singapore Airlines so absolutely get in now if if this is what you want to do or if you have no plan I mean keep keep this in your back pocket you know this this might come up again in the future especially given how popular it is you think uh, Amex and Marriott might take note of that and and bring this back in in some form in some way as they they run transfer promotions from time to time but definitely get on it now if you want to do it even if you don't know which airline you're going to send them
0: to. Yeah. Just finally, for anyone who might not have done this before, is there a minimum or a maximum amount of Marriott Bonvoy points that you can transfer to an airline?
1: So yeah, from Marriott, the minimum is 3,000 Marriott points per transfer. So with the 3 to 1 conversion rate, you get 1,000 miles basically is your minimum uh, amount that you can send across in one transfer. And it's also worth pointing out that Marriott has a maximum of 240,000 Marriott points per day that you can transfer to a frequent flyer program. So it doesn't mean that you're limited in, you know, you can't make any really, really big redemption. It just means you have to slowly ship those points across one day at a time uh, until you get to the number that you need. From American Express to Marriott itself, you only need 600 Amex points as as a minimum. There's no maximum from Amex. You just convert in increments of 300 above 600. So you can transfer 600, 900,
0: 1200, and so on. All right. But of course, if you want to eventually transfer them over to an airline, it would make sense to transfer three, yeah, the equivalent of 3,000 uh, Marriott Bonvoy points. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's that's been lots of excellent information there. Thank you so much, Chris Chamberlain, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. Great to chat. Well, that's all for this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest, Chris Chamberlain, and thank you for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, check out the episode notes. Here you'll also find a link to the AFF On Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum, where you're welcome to discuss the podcast or ask me a question to be answered in a future episode. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd take just a minute to review AFF On Air on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform to receive every episode as soon as it's released. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. And until then, safe travels.